Welcome to my BFF. At Founders the Funders, we are serious about helping and celebrating black female entrepreneurs. We're on a mission to move black female founders from bootstrapping to bankability. For too long, black female founders have gone unnoticed. We are 50% of all entrepreneurs, yet the least funded. 72% of black female-led businesses are profitable. Black female founders are everywhere. Store owners, hairdressers, fashionistas, manufacturers, wives, mothers, and so, so much more. The Founders to Funders Cultivating Female Startups Business Accelerator provides BFFs access to investors, experts, and mentors in one supportive and growing community. So if you're serious about supporting black women, listen to each episode, share their stories, buy their products, and be sure to follow them on social media. Visit our website and donate to Founders to Funders, where we are rewriting the narrative of black female founders. Today's episode is truly a special one. It's from our kickoff mixer, where I had the pleasure of interviewing my friend and fellow entrepreneur, LaToya Stirrup of Cosmology. LaToya has a wonderful, wonderful story of success and passion for her business and how she is changing the hair care industry. Take a listen and enjoy. Uh, LaToya, thank you so much for joining us. I want you to uh, begin by introducing yourself. Tell us who you are and why you do what you do. Absolutely. No, thank you first, Tanya, for the opportunity to finally connect on your platform. I know you're doing fantastic things, so I'm excited to be here with you and all of your cohort mentees. So hi, everyone. I'm LaToya Stirrup, co-founder of Cosmology, where we have designed and created innovative hair tools and accessories specifically targeting textured hair. So we have a line of patent pending hair tools like this one that we basically took the idea of finger detangling and put it into a tool. So to help you to cut down your detangling time, reduce any unnecessary breakage, all while being gentle on your hair and scalp. So as Tanya mentioned, I'm also a part of the Black Girl Ventures Miami chapter, where we are about to do a pitch competition coming up really soon. Benita is a part of my chapter. She's in the group here. So excited to be here and chop it up with you all this afternoon. So, so LaToya, tell us, you know, how, how you got started as an entrepreneur and, you know, why you do what you do. Yeah, so my background is actually advertising. So I went to school for communications and I worked in advertising up until 2012 when I decided to officially step out on my own and become my own CEO because I wanted to control my time. I wanted to control how I leverage my creative thinking and my creativity. And I felt that I could do that better on my own. So I started doing consulting and freelance work with the ad agencies where I was working, but it just allowed me more flexibility. And then I also was able to get into doing community work. So I actually helped to brand and launch a um, Black gallery here in Coconut Grove, which is in Miami. I also worked with various CRAs to help do their branding within Miami-Dade County, well, the Tri-County area, so Miami, Broward, as well as Palm Beach. And in 2016 is when my sisters and I incorporated Cosmology. And we literally decided to do the business because we were looking to solve our own problem. We were tired of long wash days, 
combing our hair and having walls of hair coming out and just like, this can't be right. <laughs> we have to have a better solution. And at the time, you know, you had tons of great brands that were on the market, right? You had Miss Jessie's, you had Carol's Daughter, Curls, all these fantastic brands, but still something wasn't right about the wash day experience. And that's when it kind of hit me to look at the hair tools. And when you think about it, wide tooth combs, even sometimes with those, they kind of rip and snag and you could hear the popping when you're combing your hair. And you're like, this, that's not, I don't think that's supposed to be happening, but we do it because that's all that existed. Mm. And instead of just agreeing and going with it, it was like, let's maybe try something else. So we basically took the idea, um, did a rough 3D printed prototype, compared our prototype with other hair tools that we had and ours outperformed. And that's when I told my sisters, I was like, this idea works. Let's go ahead and get started. So we incorporated in 2016. We started doing all of the behind the scenes work that you have to do when you're developing a tangible product. And then we launched our crowdfunding campaign on iFundWomen in June of 2018. And then we started shipping out in January of 2019. So since then, it's been fantastic. We launched on HSN last year. We also just launched in Urban Outfitters. So now we're sold in Urban Outfitters stores in their top 40 stores across the nation, as well as online. They're a huge supporter of ours. And we're in, we're in conversation with other mass retailers right now. So lots of good things coming for 2021. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I didn't know about the Urban Outfitters. You know, they're based in Philadelphia. So I'm really excited, um, you know, to hear that. Maybe they'll have you come down to the headquarters when all of the craziness is over. I we know. can go to lunch or something. So that'd be kind of cool. But <laughs> yeah. Benita, talk to me about your your, your crowdfunding um, yes. campaign. Um, at your recommendation, each of our participants got a got a copy of uh, crowdsourcing. Nice. Um, yes, every one of them got a copy. Benita really was urgent telling me about this book and we were really you know talking about this book as a part of a, a BGB conversation we were having yeah. um, and so I went out and so each of them have a copy of that and I saw Yasmin Mustafa just come on and she's going to be talking about a crowdfunding campaign that she did but tell me about your experience with I Fund Women in particular. Mm -hmm. So I fund women just overall, they've been a huge supporter of ours. We've been in communication with them since then and have been a part of their community since then. So we've actually won different grants through I fund women past our um, crowdfunding campaign. So we won the Amex 100 for 100 grant in what was that November. So we were one of 100 brands that were selected to be a part of that program. And that came with a nice $25,000, which was awesome. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that was huge. But for our crowdfunding campaign, um, it was still kind of early on on the iFund Women platform. Honestly, we were looking to launch on Indiegogo um, mm -hmm. because we, if you're familiar with the crowdfunding, Kickstarter has the all or nothing model. Indiegogo mm -hmm. has both where you could do all or nothing or you could take whatever you raise. And so we were more interested in the flexibility of take whatever you raise. Mm -hmm. And Indiegogo also has a lot of great um, intel. Their, their staff is really helpful and they really kind of coach you along the way. What sort of triggered me to move to iFund Women was because it was a platform for women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And so being able to be in that space just felt like 
I wanted to be there. And Karen was awesome. So when, I don't know if they do that now because they've grown since then, but when we launched with them, we decided to set up, she had a call with us. She talked to us about different fundraising methods, how to do it. They do coaching. They have a great Slack channel. They have a huge community. They have since spun off an iFund Women of Color, which is ran by Olivia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where she basically focuses on black women entrepreneurs at the time that we did it olivia was actually like the it help mm -hmm. for our campaign so mm -hmm. she has completely catapulted to a whole new level in the business um but crowdfunding is great i will say that you definitely need to set your expectations though because it's a lot of work mm -hmm. if you have been in nonprofit the nonprofit fundraising world that you will be adequately prepared for what crowdfunding is because it literally is like your network and you have to really kind of like hit the pavement. A lot of times they require um, at least Indiegogo. I think iPhone Women says the same thing. You need to have at least like 1500 people on your newsletter. Mm. That does not mean just cold. That can be your aunts, your uncles, old co-workers, whoever you feel could support your business. But you honestly need to have people to go to because mm. those are the ones who will most likely support your crowdfunding campaign. Mm. Um, and going to crowdsourceress, there are things that you need to be doing like two months before your launch yeah. date, six mm. weeks before your launch date. There's a whole track mm. that um, needs to lead you up to it. So I definitely, you know, crowdfunding was great for us. It allowed mm -hmm. us to kind of gauge the consumer's reaction to our product, to mm -hmm. assess the need. What we actually saw is that crowdfunding, while it wasn't new to me, right, because I come from a tech creative background, mm -hmm. crowdfunding at the time was still very new when you're talking about the mass population. So there was a lot of communication that we had to do around the idea of paying for something ahead of time before it's manufactured. So that aspect of crowdfunding, you need to be prepared for, especially if you're not in tech and you're tapping into just everyday consumers, um, because now you're asking them to trust you to, but to give you money for something that you should be developing. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to sort of take all those things into consideration when you're talking about your campaign, your communication and your marketing. You know, I, I'm glad you brought up the, um, you brought up the, the the back work that you have to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, because we did we did a Kiva crowdfunding campaign, yeah. um, and even that it is is a lot of work. And I think um, the importance of the network is what people need to really keep in mind when you think about crowdfunding. Uh, the value of your network, I think. Um, we we kind of think that we just going to jump into crowdfunding, snap our fingers, and it's yeah. going to be peaches and cream, and we're going to raise all this money. Mm -hmm. um, and just so that you all know, and I'm sure I'm sure there are those of you on the line that do know this. Um, just this week, the regs have changed again for crowdfunding. Um, now you can crowdfund up to five million dollars. So um, you know it, it's important. It's a, it's a it's an important tool that yeah. you certainly. Uh, want to consider. So um, thanks for sharing that. T share with us um, your your QVC H HSN experience, how that happened um, and what that meant and, and where you are uh, in that in that partnership. Yeah, so HSN and QVC launched a program called the Big Five competition in summer of 2019. So think that we had just started shipping our product out in January. And I saw that come across, um, a friend of mine sent it to us and I was like, oh, she said, go ahead and apply. You guys have a fantastic product. And so we applied, 
Um, we were selected to come to St. Petersburg, which is where HSN is located in Florida and pitch. And so we were selected. So that's how we basically got onto the network very early in our journey. And we were selected right alongside Minted. So Minted is also on HSN yep. and QVC and they were selected in that same cohort with us. Um, and it's been fantastic, honestly. It has been a really great relationship. They were our first huge retailer, but the way that they sort of care for brands, um, and I can't speak for anyone who doesn't come through that particular program. They may treat, you know, it may be different when you're entering in otherwise, but for us, it very much was um, like white glove service. Like they are really good with training. They kind of bring you in, they help to get you ready to go on camera. Mm -hmm. um, if you're approved to sort of represent your brand on camera. Mm -hmm. And we instantly um, became a customer pick, which was awesome. So oh, that's great. Selling, that's great. Mm -hmm. And then we hit the customer pick status, which was awesome. I remember when they sent us the email about that and it was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Um, and so we've been on air a lot of times. Um, we were on air maybe like seven times or so last year. It's, it's probably more than that. Um, but this year, we just helped them to launch their new Shades of Beauty show, which is all featuring Black-owned brands okay. that exist themselves. So the show launched on, um, what was that, like the end of February. So we were on there with Carol's Daughter, Minted, Iyanla Van Zant just launched some new stuff. Oh, um, so that was a lot of fun. So yeah. we're excited for what's going to be happening with them. We should be back on air on April 1st. Yeah. at four o'clock so it's a continuing thing we're going to be growing with them launching new products so it's a lot of fun i'm so proud of you latoya i mean you are really really and that's the main thing is is the fun um we have um uh, Sheree Mosley from Philly. She's a, a QVC big ticket winner. Uh, her brand is called Minky Blue. Um, it's a it's a it's a bag, and you know I'm a big fan of hers. Um, mm -hmm. Carla Clarkson is another friend of mine. And I think um, these experience, these manufacturing experiences, and I want you to talk to that yeah. a little bit as far as your product getting made. Um, share with us, you know, that manufacturing experience because Carla, uh, another friend of mine, was also a big ticket winner, um, but she had some manufacturing challenges challenges um as a part of that and um then COVID uh, didn't yeah. help didn't help with that process so nope. talk about the manufacturing and 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 navigating navigating those waters yeah so for us um we're doing plastic injection molding so we found a company in California who has factories in China so we for this line we didn't go direct to China Okay. Um, and we did that because one, we're new to the space and I wanted to make sure that we were able to communicate with someone who would understand what we were saying. And there wasn't like a language barrier that yes. was miscommunication. Very important. That's very anything important. like mm -hmm. that. And um, it's been great, to be honest. I mean, there were hiccups last year. We sold out five times because it was just a lot of demand. Our, our um, sort of organic traffic was increasing and we were having delays, factories are shutting down, just, mm -hmm. you know, freight was taking forever to get mm -hmm. here. So we definitely mm -hmm. ran into some of those complications. But, um, and honestly, we were supposed to launch on air last February, but because mm -hmm. of COVID happened mm -hmm. and then factories were shut down. So we did not end up launching until June. 
okay. of, um, in 2020 launching on air. We had already been online, but the on air launch um, requires larger units. So we had to wait until we could get the units to them. But, um, but yeah, no, manufacturing isn't easy, especially when you're talking about custom stuff, because it's not as if we are taking stuff from Alibaba or prefabricated things right. and put our logo on it. These are custom designed mm-hmm. air tools. So, you know, when you're talking about that, our lead times are pretty long. And if we're looking to launch a new hair tool, we now have to create the mold for it. So there's a lot of different things to kind of think about when you're talking about product expansion. And so, so, and so, um, all day. <laughs> so Latoya, how have you navigated, how have you built your team? Um, as, as you have grown, and I talk about this a lot, you know, when you're a solopreneur, you, you start out thinking you can do it all, but you quickly realize that you can't do it all. How have you uh, built your team as, as your business has grown? Yeah, so honestly, I've relied on my experience as a project manager, um, mm-hmm. and I do a lot of contractors. So I will sort of flex up, flex down when I need to and pull people in to do different things. I'm the only one that's full-time on my business. Both of my okay. sisters who are my co-founders still work full-time. Okay. So they help out on different ways. Like my sister Latrice, she does our shipping okay. and fulfillment. My sister Latasha, she does a lot of our social media graphics. And then I have contractors who help us with sales um, and securing retail accounts in the U.S. and in the U.K. because we're expanding to the U.K. And then... Um, I have someone who's working with us on logistics optimization mm. because we're looking to get into 3PL. So third party logistics, which is basically fulfillment warehouses that do the shipping and the fulfillment for us. So mm. we're doing all of that stuff now. Um, product design development. We have partners for that. Manufacturing. We have partners for that. And it's, it's vetting, honestly. It's doing yeah. your research, you know, having those conversations, asking the right questions, you know, checking the pricing, making sure that it works for your business and your budget, and then making the decision and having options. So if you need to get out of the contract, you can get out. So mm-hmm. having that business attorney look at those contracts is extremely important. Wonderful. So my last question, um, Latoya, is yeah. it's Women's History Month. When we just came out of Black History Month. Um, what does it mean to you to be a Black female founder? Oh, it means so much. <laughs> it, it literally does because we as Black women, we are innovative within ourselves, right? We mm-hmm. often have to just create solutions to work for our needs and for our family's needs. So when I think about what we're doing in terms of designing hair tools that work for us, mm-hmm. it's just a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. When you think back to um, Annie Malone, Madam C.J. Walker, all of these women who were just like, they saw something, they created it, and they turned it into a business. That's been a part of our journey from day one. So I think when we talk about Black History Month, which then leads into Women's History Month, this is a great time to have these conversations because we straddle both worlds, right? Mm-hmm. We straddle the world of being African-American and then now also being a female. When you talk about sort of what we're doing, we're the number one population in terms of creating new businesses. Mm -hmm. And that's because we're looking to create opportunities for not only ourselves, but for those around us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I think I saw a quote come out that was attached to the whole Goldman Sachs thing that was saying like, when um, black women win, everybody wins. So it's about time that people understand. 
Yeah, and, and, and actually there's a study, I have an article that I referenced quite a bit that shows that the reason why, and this is why my founders to funders exist, it, yeah. it shows that this article states that black when black women are doing well, the economy does well. Right. We're a good debt. 72% exactly. of black women's businesses are are um sound or, or sustainable or are mm-hmm. bankable or profitable yeah. okay there are studies that show that so you know that's why we we created this so that we can have an we want to show people that we are bankable that we are a we are a good bet we're as good a bet as you as you gonna get so right. I just, right. you know so um so latoya i want to thank you so much and just share a little bit about um where we can find you then i'm gonna open it up if anybody has any questions um for latoya very quickly and then we're gonna um we're gonna go home to some to some great music awesome so i just put it in the chat that's the url you can check us out at cosmology.com that's k-a-z-m-a-l-e-j-e.com and of course on social media and then i am also at latoya stirrup.com feel free to reach out to me there. But yeah, no, definitely check us out. Um, Love your support, Tanya, as always. And I love what you're doing because you're right. We need to have these spaces to have these conversations and to not only share and support, but to also learn from each other because a lot of us have gone through similar things. So it's all about the share, the knowledge share. Absolutely. Get out and just really kind of 100% double down on myself. Yeah, that's a that's that that's a great question um, that Benita posed. I know I can speak for myself. It was when yeah. I got laid off. <laughs> and so it just happens like that. It's all right, well. Yeah, when Chady said go home, I said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> right? You're like, okay, not a problem. Okay. <laughs> And uh, so that was in 2019. Um, you know, we started in 2017. I've never taken a salary. I just took a salary this year because my board made me. <laughs> they were like, what, what, like, what are you doing? Okay, so, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, yeah, great question. I do see in the chat that Peach is asking about your patent process, um, Latoya, and how, that, how that's going. Yeah, so um, we filed a utility patent and um, there was some some like, communication issues between the USPTO and our attorney. So it took a lot longer than it should have, Um, but we are about to do a design patent. So we went for the utility patent first, Mm -hmm. just because it has a bit more coverage in terms of what it's patent, what's being claimed. Um, But because of the unique design of our patent and design patents tend to go through the system faster, uh, we'll be doing that one. So then that way we can at least go ahead and get that secured. But um, but yeah, no, definitely you have something that you want to protect, you know, especially if you're looking for VC funding, they always want to know what your assets are, have that trademark, have that patent pending status, even if it's a provisional patent, just so that way they know that you have something that is unique that someone just cannot rip off. Thank you. Lisa Hunter, I see your hand raised. Yes, I first of all, thank you so much for your presentation. Very informative. Went on your website. We'll be getting my comb anyway. So just wanted to say that as well. But um, my question is in reference to along this journey, because we're new starting out with this. As you were starting out, do you recall any times where there was just like a discouragement where you weren't sure that this was going to go through and everything? And then after you press through that particular thing, you knew it's no turning back. It's no stopping. Can you share that with us? 
Yeah, no. So that hero's journey happens all the time, <laughs> right? You go through the ups and downs like on a daily basis. Somebody may send you something and it just knock you, knock all the wind out your sails. And the reason that you kind of keep moving forward is because you know that you're working on something that is bigger than yourself. So if it was just about you, then that gut punch may hit a little different and you may not be able to bounce back easily. But if you know that, okay, I understand that you put it in proper perspective, then you could keep moving because you know that what you're bringing to life is it came to you for a reason and it needs to manifest. So as long as you continue to anchor into your why or your reason for being and developing what you're doing, that can continue to help to fuel you because, you know, as your business grows, it's going to shift and change. And it may not look like in the end what it started out to be, but your core reason will probably always be there. So always remember why you're doing what you're doing, because that will help you to get through those moments. Excellent, 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 excellent. Yeah, listen, discouragement is my middle name. I'm quitting every other week, so. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, did you have those, did you have those, those highs? Yeah. That's like, oh my goodness, you know, I had a pitch meeting last week. It went really well, so I'm skipping. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Know? It's it's all a part of the, it's a part of the thing. And it and honestly, once you get through one, the next one isn't so bad because you understand the flow. You know that there's it's an up and a down. And so you're like, okay, this is just today. Tomorrow I'll be better. And mm-hmm. I'm still here for the ride. So you gotta you gotta be in for the ride. You can't, you know, be tied to it for just money. Because you can do anything to get some money. You have to be tied into it for something greater than that. <laughs> well, are you getting some, you got an amen corner over here in the chat room, uh, Latoya. And some folks over here said, well, and amen and preach. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's um, real because it's hard. It's not it easy. Is. It absolutely, it's not it absolutely, it absolutely is. Um, so, Latoya, I want to thank you. Thank you so much for thank you. this opportunity. I'm so glad we were finally able um, to, to chat. Once again, wow, I just want to thank Latoya for um, that interview today and joining us as a part of our kickoff mixer. Just an incredible, incredible story. Uh, you can check her out. Please follow Cosmology on social media, and that is K A Z M A L. E-J-E, cosmology. You say it like you would say cosmology. (laughs) So so once again, uh, we've been having a tremendous, tremendous um, session with our first cohort. You can follow their journey, listen to each one of the episodes and and hear their stories. Uh, Be sure to visit us at founders, the number two funders.org. And you can always follow Mom Your Business on social media. Once again, always and forever, remember now is the day, so enjoy it. Yesterday is over, so learn from it, and tomorrow is not promised, so pray about it.